Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly podcast. I am your host, Chris, and I'm happy to say there's still a little bit of sunshine around in September. There's your weekly weather updates. I'm joined this evening by Jez and Phil. Have you both got a little bit of evening sunshine as well, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Good down here. Lovely job. Same for you, Jez? No, mine's just gone in, I think. <laughs> okay. Damn it. We wanted a full house. Yeah, apparently we're supposed to get a little heat wave in October, which is different. So bring on that. But anyway, we certainly had plenty of stories and um, a fair amount of goals, actually, over the weekend to discuss in Liga. And that is, of course, where we are going to kick off as usual. So let's get into it. Uh, Phil, I'm going to start with you. And I'm going to start at the Parc de Prince on Sunday evening. Um, a mixed week for Marseille coming into this in terms of it was mostly bad, but they did get a good result in Europe, which we'll touch on later in the pod. Um, however, I think it's fair to say they were roundly taken to pieces by PSG 4-0. I think they had one shot technically off target, although it did hit crossbar. And really, they had nothing else. I mean, that there wasn't even any fight was there. It was just, let's just get this out of the way and deal with whatever comes next. What did you make of their performance? It was, it was awkward. I mean, it was a 4-0 win for PSG. And... I don't often catch the pre-match stuff in football because I'm usually going, oh, shit, the game's starting, um, and turn on a minute in. But PSG, Parc de France, really, really goes full party for this kind of game. And Marseille just didn't turn up for the party. Um, We saw... The first goal was a brilliant pre-kick from Hakimi. Um, and as some of the uh, commentators were pointing out, now Messi isn't there, Neymar isn't there. He actually gets to take the free kicks for PSG. And you have to say that's probably a good idea. That was a, a great one. Um, one thing that possibly concerning for PSG is that Mbappe got injured. Now, mm. about 15 minutes in, he was trodden on by somebody and was limping around a bit, looking a bit knocked. Sat down, took his shoes off, put them back on again, and then went off again, sat on the sideline, about five minutes to yeah. sort of get weird, sorted out again. And you're thinking, if this isn't Mbappe, the manager is going, you off. But he he went back on. It didn't work. I think about thirty minutes in, yeah. Um, he came off for good, as it were, um, and that really, you know, we don't know what situation he's in. But after that, I think what we got was we've talked about this that PSG looked more like a team. Now they don't have to deal with the whole Messi Neymar situation and also with Mbappe off he was off for the last hour of the match yeah in which Kalomani got his uh was that a debut goal yeah um, first yeah, yeah just before before half time and then there was a brace from Ramos in the second half after he came on for for Mbappe so 
it was a very, very convincing win. I think as we go to the Europe uh, situation, again, PSG's European match looked a bit kind of routine. This looked mm. convincing. This was, you could tell they were having fun. At the end of the game, um, we've seen recently fans going out to talk to the talk, uh, players going out to talk to the fans rather and it not ending well. This was very much a everybody's having fun, apart from obviously the uh, stuff afterwards about homophobic chanting from players. Yeah. But this was PSG as a team, PSG as a unit. So, yeah, possibly a bit scary for other people. And if you've noticed, I haven't really said much about OM. It's because there wasn't really a lot to say. No. Um, that That's the bit... I mean, that's, that's, the bit that... that's the worrying part. Yeah, it's, I don't know about you, but that that was the bit that almost disappointed me the most because it was, you know, it, it is it is arguably the biggest fixture in France, certainly in the modern era, anyway. And I just can't remember the last time where we had one that was a proper fight. I think we had one at the Velodrome, maybe I think it's about three years ago. Every other game, I think the last one I vaguely remember being quite tight was when Cavani was still at PSG. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? That Marseille were just so tepid. And were you, just before I go to Jez, were you quite impressed with what you've seen from PSG? I mean, I know it's still early days, but we are seeing there is a unity, isn't there? Zaire Emery leading the crowd once again with the ultras afterwards as well. They're, they seem to be coming of age and that midfield in particular, Ugarte, is just a, mm. a maestro. It, it just feels like they're, they're getting it, doesn't it? Slowly but surely. Yeah, I think it does. I still think there's defensive issues. Yeah. Um, Skriniar is quite slow, I think. Yes. <laughs> As an interfan, I think it's ended up at left back after some uh, slightly peculiar uh, substitutions late on. Yeah. So it's, it's not perfect, but I think this is not perfect in a less troubling way than previously. This looks less perfect, like no team can be perfect, rather than we've spent a billion quid on the front three, so everything else can just whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, this was, I think, very impressive. And as I say, the, the vibe seems to be very good, which has mm. not always been been the case or, or arguably ever been the case of this team well, yeah no. i take your point actually to be fair there was a few there was a few quite nice teams in the past wasn't there just mention that left back isn't kazawa still there or did he end up going in that saudi um, package deal with including draxler i, I, and the I think like? he's gone somewhere okay i might google that because i'm i'm intrigued where the future of Leighton kazawa is um what about the future of marseille though jez i mean uh, we, we kind of covered most of what had gone on off the field last week. Um, as far as you're aware, has there been any changes? I mean, I've seen a few a few names linked with the job, a few very questionable names. I think Lopetegui is the most sensible one I can pick out of the bunch. But, you know, all is not well, is it? And that, for me, that lack of fight uh, at Parc de Prince was the thing that really stood out to me. They just looked, it just looked like a side who didn't want to be there and didn't really want to even play football what what's the latest from what you gather from from that club now um 
I don't know if we did cover everything last week because it was sort of moving pretty fast. I think maybe last week we only talked about the rumour that Marcelino would quit. You might be right, actually, yeah. But actually, yeah. what happened after that was that Longoria and his three sort of closest colleagues decided to basically sort of take a step back. Mm, whatever um, that means. Then there was like a whole debate about whether they're legally entitled to do that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then Marcelino officially quit. Well, but the the club statement was that it was for uh, non-sporting reasons, which sort of makes sense when you consider that Marseille have only lost, or until Sunday night, they'd only lost one match all season, and that was the match against the away leg against Panathinaikos. Yeah. Um, I think the issue is they still got knocked out of the Champions League qualifying, and although they hadn't lost yet in the league, the football's been pretty insipid. Yeah. Um, then Longoria and his mates decided they're not, or certainly Longoria, I don't know about the mates, have decided they're not quitting after all. But I just, I can't see how this situation can carry on as if nothing mm. has happened. I mean, they they basically sort of pretty much condemned all the sporting groups and said, we can't work with all these threats. Um, I think there's been some fact-checking to suggest that he he gave a very emotional slash very well acted, depending on which side <laughs> you fall on, um, performance for Le Parisien, kind of saying, you know, I've been absolutely open, I've given everyone all my accounts i've even given them all the whatsapp conversations i've had with my mum blah 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 basically the fans are not particularly happy with the fact that he sort of put his mates in at every level of the club mm. hierarchy and they're questioning whether uh it's all sort of above board possibly the way that marseille supporters groups go about questioning that <laughs> may not be as let's say, calm and reason, maybe, as, for example, that Leon fan in the crowd the other day. Um, So probably neither side is 100% clean and innocent in this case, but having talked the way they've talked about the Marseille fans, I just can't see how he can carry on in that position. I think any bad blood that was there beforehand has surely worsened now. Mm. Um, and you know it wasn't that long ago he was very very popular with the fans yeah um, as much as anything because he wasn't his predecessor kind of thing (laughs) so it's all messy they don't have a coach I think Sunday as you said I think it has been recently the case that although I think there was that one win when when Torvas scored but generally it feels like Marseille not always, but sometimes maybe throw that match. I remember there was one in particular, maybe under Villas Boas, where they also lost about four 0 or something, and and you know put out not quite a second team, but clearly were just thinking, let's just get through this match. Yeah. I remember at the time we were having a debate, you know, if they achieve good things the rest of the season, does it justify that? I don't yeah. know, but you know they've got. The Bardonado was sort of thrown in last minute to look to put together a team which had come off a good result, three all at Ajax a couple of days earlier. Um with Obama Yang even scoring, um, which I don't think he's done in the league yet. And then didn't um, turn up on Sunday at all, yeah. So yeah, I think, you know, 
there are mitigating circumstances for Marseille, but I guess you could say it was pretty alarming how dominant PSG were. And and um, yeah, I, I, PSG will have bigger tests, but this was a really positive sign in the sense that of what they did without Mbappe. Mm. And, you know, to be fair, we say there's an Mbappe over reliance. It kind of works both ways. I think it was you know like Arsenal at the end. I think both Arsenal and Henri kind of said at the end of his time at Arsenal, everyone just unthinkingly gave him the ball and said, Henri will sort it out. Yeah. So other players are sort of selling themselves short in a way. And maybe with Mbappe there, other players had to sort of step up. So, you know, Ramos has been pretty awful since he arrived. A couple of mm-hmm. goals. Colin Mouani hasn't been there that long. He hasn't had that much to do, but a goal and assist is positive. Dembele, yeah. who... I think I shared with you earlier in the week, someone was referring to him as 007 because <laughs> after seven matches, he had no goals or assists. Um, now has an assist to his name, at least. Um, so it's positive to show they can do things without Mbappe. Mm. But maybe some of those players should do more when Mbappe is on the pitch. And I agree there are issues with still with defence, still with goalkeeper, I think. Um, and... The midfield is very good, but against better opposition, I still worry about the lack of creativity there. So everything has to kind of go through the wings. Yeah, but, um, definitely more positives than negatives for PSG. One thing I'll say about Mbappe, I think actually he hurt his ankle in the tackle, which led to the free kick. Which yeah, first it goal. was and that was in the eighth minute. So yeah, as as Phil said, if it wasn't Mbappe. I think he would have had yeah. the guts to make and, a call earlier on. The, but what was shocking was that considering team. he spent 24 minutes or whatever it was debating whether he was able to carry on or not, when he did decide to go off, Ramos hadn't even warmed up yet. Which is no, yeah, that's, that's a bit I thought, yeah. Uh, yeah, you had a view, you had a view on that as well, Phil? Yeah, sorry, just um, thinking against a better team, you can't afford to have one of your players sitting on the sidelines for five minutes being prodded by the doctor before he decides he can continue. Especially that a doctor just in dropped a me as, as Jess said, it's like, is this his control, his power? It felt that way, didn't no, it? You have to say, if you're Luis Enrique, no, go you off then. Yeah. We'll sort something out. Like you said, that uh, Ramos and they were even talking about that on French TV. It was like, well, he can't sprint yet because he hasn't warmed up. Mm. Um, so that was, that was a, a little bit weird, mm. I think. But just going back also to the whole off-pitch Marseille shenanigans, mm. you're kind of thinking... This is just my impression that obviously the coach has gone because it looked like the sporting director and his mates would go. Mm. He goes and then they go, no, we're staying. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) hang on. What is that the right way round? I mean, shouldn't this have been, it felt like there was. Some people's people not talking to other people's people, if you see what I mean. It's like, yes, if it had been okay, no, we're gonna ride this out, we're gonna hang on, give it a day or two, but the coach is just 
no one leaves, mm. I mean, that's put Marseille in a much more difficult position than arguably if one of the higher lots had gone. Mm. So it just felt like that wasn't particularly well managed by them. Yeah. And, and also what's happening with, with Papak, because every week they say, oh, yeah, he's going to well, He was supposed to be something. taking over, but it's yeah, some right. aggressive I mean, man in a tracksuit. You wouldn't, you wouldn't blame... Yeah, and by the way, he's way too old to be wearing that tracksuit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you, you could... Yeah, I mean, I, I just wonder if a character of the... You know, a name of the size of Papa might just unite a few at le- at the very least. You would think. Well, maybe, they're but... talking about getting Galtier in now, aren't they? So... I mean, oh Christ! <laughs> PSG fans would love that for the return. They wouldn't they? But yeah, I mean, I suppose he's isn't he Marseille born? Am I right in saying? I suppose that would make. Yeah, sense. I think he played for them and he's been on their staff before, so it, it does make a bit of sense. Yeah, yeah. We've had I... kind of court case going on though, which is. I suspect that would be very quickly settled if if it needed to be. Do, do you not? I, I have a feeling anyway. I'm just reading between the lines. But if he, because he hasn't worked since, has he? He didn't go to Qatar or anything like that, did he? So I guess he would be immediately available. But yeah, I mean, I know I know. sometimes he, he we... He has said in an interview that I saw recently on Canapolis that um, he would be, you know, he would be ready to go if somebody called right him job. and the interviewer kind of went court case and he went, I'll be ready to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I suspect he's waiting for the right job. Yes, um, one thing is for sure. So I know we sort of maybe take the mick a little bit with some Marseille shenanigans, but a club of that size, it is deeply sort of, well, deeply sad really to see the mess they're in. But we'll... Leave those two behind and go on to another derby. Um, let me come to you first of all on this one as well, Phil, because I think you watched oh. the pleasure of Nice Monaco. It wasn't the, the best of nights for one follower in Balogun, was it? And a very late winner for Nice to take all three points in the, this, the battle of the two overperforming managers, arguably, this season. Well, this was um, cracking, frankly. Mm. Uh, not in terms of the scoreline, which was 1-0 to Nice, but... When you've got, uh, as you say, Balogun taking two penalties and having them both saved by yeah. Martin Bulker, who was having the time of his life. I mean, yeah. the first penalty wasn't very good. Um, That's kind. lovely height for a keeper. <laughs> Second one, he was kind of right down the middle, but not in a very impressive way. And... Booker was interviewed afterwards. Um, he seems like quite a character, frankly. And he was asked, you know, have you done your research? Did you know what way he was going to go? And he was just like, well, I, I looked at him and then I saved the penalty. Yeah. And he did that twice. So that was very impressive. And then... Um, Boga got the winner for Nice in the 91st minute. And an amazing solo run from mm. just about the halfway line, all through, diddled a couple of players, a beautiful finish. Yeah. And it felt like Nice had a home crowd. Yeah. Did. We've seen Definitely. this at the Stade Louis a couple of times because Monaco 
there aren't a lot of people who live in Monaco. And so one entire end, one entire curva was Nice fans who, of course, can get there reasonably easily. And they were having the time of their lives. And after that match, the Nice, fan, nice players all went over to them and there was partying and... You know, jumping up and down, everyone was very happy. It did feel very much like they were at home, um, which possibly is not a good thing for um, for the Monaco faithful. But yes, it was it was a a very interesting game. Um, but two penalty saves from Bulker was extraordinary, and he was like I say, a character, and yeah. but gave a very good kind of account of things afterwards that just, I'm here to stop the goals, that kind yeah, of thing. That's my job, um, yeah. So, yeah, it was, and I don't know what that's going to do for Balogun's um, confidence going forward because, <laughs> yeah, he he did not have a happy night. No. So, yeah, nice <laughs> looking looking good there. He came out, I think, on social media afterwards, Balogun, and took full responsibility, which, in fairness, is all he could do, given that it was down to him that he missed both. But And Martin Walker, of course, has now got competition from Salvatore Sirigu, who's come in from... Uh, well, from, he uh, said they Torino. were having a great time uh, working together. And, yeah. like, Goalkeepers' Union, they're having uh, all sorts of fun in their training. But yeah, it was very much. He's not taking taking my place. I think was was uh, the underlying uh, kind of motive of that. Yeah, because he's had to work hard to get in. Obviously, seen off Schmeichel. I think it'd be very harsh on him if he didn't get the opportunity to get some game time. Well, what about these two sides for you, Jez? I mean, in terms of we've praised the sort of Ferioni type of. I think you were saying the link to the Serbi style or from that cut from that cloth. It's been a good start for uh, for Hooter as well, but it's just not. It's it sort of it, I, I don't know. I don't know where I am with these two sides. You know, I, part of me goes, oh, actually, one week they really impress me, then another week the other one doesn't, then another one does, and I'm just not sort of convinced that both are going to be consistent to withstand withhold a, a title race, withstand a title race. But have you seen enough from either of these two to think that? there is actually real signs of improvement and they're on the right track, at least, from both squad or performance perspectives. Um, firstly, just quickly on Bulka. Sorry if, if I missed it and Phil said it, but um, before before Friday night, he'd saved two penalties in his career. So he's doubled, <laughs> he's doubled his penalty saves. That's a stat for you. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I was surprised when you called them overachieving managers so far. Because I'm not sure either of them are particularly. Mm, um, okay. Monaco, I think, as we said before, have got a good squad, very good squad, which they've strengthened. Um, they've they have, they haven't lost. They didn't lose many in the summer, so it's pretty settled squad, and they were able to sort of more or less carry on where they left off. Yeah. Obviously, they they left off not brilliantly, but you know what I mean. Um, so. As far as I'm concerned, they should always have been up there anyway. So I'm not I'm not sure that he's been overachieving. I think, you know, maybe in the number of goals they've been scoring, it's been impressive. But I don't know that the results have sort of been any more than expected. Mm. Um, you know, point, yeah. if you want Brest, maybe fair enough. But 
I'm not yeah. sure about Monaco. And Nice, I think, maybe is a little bit harder to to place. I think in a similar way to, to Marseille, I think up until maybe last week, it felt like Nice are unbeaten, but it hasn't been that impressive yet. But I think, as we said last week, there's quite a change in personnel, change in coach. I, I know Monaco's a change in coach as well, but a very much a change of style. That yeah. that kind of thing, maybe you can't expect to to sort of uh, sort of bed in straight away. Mm. But obviously, the last two two weeks beating PSG away and then um, well Monaco away in that derby as well. I think it, and you know, I think they were despite the two penalty misses. I think they were good for their win. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that makes a little bit more of a statement. I still, I'm not sure that either of them are genuine title contenders, um, but certainly they should be candidates for Champions League places. And and yeah, I've been more impressed with Nice so far over the last couple of weeks than Monaco. I think we, we went through their fixtures. It was mostly sort of, it was a relatively kind opening to the season. Yeah. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? It's looking at the, who the teams have played, and I guess it is probably a bit early to go knee deep in to say, oh yeah, you know they are performing above or beyond expectation. But yeah, I think like Phil said, it was a it was a good watch, even though the, the goals weren't there. It, it was a real kind of frantic affair and, and plenty of commitment and, and effort and energy. And uh, yeah, a couple of good performances. Oxford was pretty good again for for Nice. So yeah, I. I Interested to see where they go, and, and and I think I think I'm right in saying I think Phil, you saw this game. I think uh, Jim Ratcliffe was there, wasn't he? I think he was in the crowd for this game. For memory, a lot of people in the crowd. Yeah, I, I'm um, pretty sure he was, and I wonder if that's because maybe his boat was parked nearby and he just fancied a an evening out, maybe. But um, such a rabid Brexiteer. It's amazing how much time he spends abroad. Isn't it? <laughs> yes, indeed it is. <laughs> Sorry, Phil, go on. Do you park a boat? Uh, so I like suppose you moor ne- it. Next level uh, of Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. park the boat. Park um, the boat, park the bus and I the boat. Know. I suppose you moor it or anchor it, I guess, technically. is the I'm guessing term. a three-point turn in a million is going to be problematic. <laughs> yeah, I, I would suggest so. Um, and also, um, this is probably a question for another day, but... How do you get a parking space in, in a bay in Monaco? I, I wonder how you that pay works. pay a shitload of money. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Anyway, uh, moving on from nautical things. Um, this one's going to sting a little bit, Jez, but I wanted to ask you because, unfortunately, your your beloved Mets were at the um, on the end of a defeat to Strasbourg uh, at the weekend, uh, a close rival. I just wanted to get your thoughts on how good a job you feel Patrick Vieira is doing. He had a quite a lengthy interview in the French press last week, and he was talking about how you know the investment was obviously important to a club of Strasbourg size, but it wasn't the be all end all. That he wanted a bit more credit for what him and his coaches have achieved. Um, he also talked about his future and you know whether he could end up back at Arsenal, for example. So he's, he's clearly a very confident man, which we knew anyway. But they they've they have quietly gone a little bit under the radar, haven't they? Given their struggles last season and. With that 1-0 win, I must confess I didn't see the live game, only the highlights, but that does put them fifth now. And to be fair to Mets, I mean, you've had a pretty good start to the season, so pretty good result that to win 1-0. Have you have you been impressed with the job Vieira's done or are you more on that side of, yeah, but look at what they've got to play with this year? Um, First of all, 
Mess are fourth from bottom in terms of home form. They mm. they drawn two at home. They they haven't won yet at home. I think they're they're sort of set up more to be a an away team. Kind of try to try try to de- defend strongly and then and then hit teams on the break. Yeah. Secondly, there are only two shots on target, one for each team, and they were both in the final ten minutes. Um, I think maybe Mess had slightly the better of the match, but. I'm not sure either team deserved one point, let alone three. Yeah. Um, but you know, fair play to Strasbourg for for getting that. Um uh, they they um I think that's like four or five wins in a row now for them. Mm, so just checking that weirdly, yeah. Obviously not to be sniffed at whatsoever. So I'm certainly uh He's doing a good job because again, it's you know, change of change of management um is never entirely straightforward. No. Um it's not five wins in a row, I'm not sure where no, I was gonna, I was gonna say I I thought the same they as you. Lost they, to Nice and Monaco. And they drew with Montpellier last week, didn't they? But yeah, I think it's because they're so high in the table, you just assume it's not a good run. It's actually because I read it somewhere, so when I read it was wrong. <laughs> 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 Um, so yeah, I, I guess okay. Completely forget everything that said. It's been quite an inconsistent start. They've been absolutely dreadful. <laughs> but, no, but, but that's you know, kind of how it's working in Liga at the moment. Exactly. At this I, I stage. Think, yeah, I that's I guess often how it works. And I think he's done a good job by also by virtue of the fact there has been a little bit of a of a change in personnel. I think you know taking for example. Diallo, their top scorer, and I think actually went a little bit under the radar last year. Belgard, who I think is a, yeah. when he's not getting sent off for Wolves, I think is a is a really good midfielder. Yeah, Jiku, true. I think, is such a solid centre back. And Lienar, who's kind of, you know, a real stalwart of the of the club. Those are sort of three, four big losses, I think. And so not only has he sort of um kind of settled hit himself and his team quite quickly, but He's done it by betting in new players. You know, Emega, I think, has had a good start since he came in. I yeah. think um, Motiba has sort of, he's had a couple of goals and the one last week was kind of, you know, almost comes under Phil's definition of goal mouse scramble, but sort of a one-man goal mouse scramble in that he sort of came off his leg and then his face or vice versa or something like that. But still, a couple of goals from Motiba who struggled for them the last couple of years. And then uh, Diara, who scored the scored the winner at the weekend, he they've had to sort of deal with issues with him. Not issues, but he really wanted to leave in the summer, and Ross were very interested. And I think so far this season, he sort of walked around with a real face on him, sort of sulking that he hasn't, that he didn't get his move. So I think good man management there to sort of get him a little bit more focused and and you know that that goal obviously is going to do him a lot of good so yeah certainly what they've done so far has been really positive um again you've you know you've got to beat what's in front of you and they've done that to an extent you know poor Lyon um well beaten against Monaco and Nice who two teams we've just spoken about but good results against those other teams they've come up against so um I guess you know they've lost two of the ones you'd expect them to lose, and one maybe one of the others. You'd ex- you know if Lyon had been in different circumstances, so they're yeah probably doing better than you'd expect them to do. Just you know 
going sort of match by match prediction wise and and it gives them a foundation to to work from yeah um again I, i'm not sure i expect them to be right up there at the end of the season and i'm still not convinced about Vieira as a coach but um is i think it has been a good start for them yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, sometimes. Because um, when I was watching this, because this was the Sunday lunch kickoff, yeah. um, I was looking at the thinking, well, there's two decent goalkeepers here, so we might not see much in the way of goals. And then, mm. as Jess said, it got to half time, it was nil nil, no shots on target. You're going, actually, probably not the goalkeepers who yeah. are responsible for this, but. Also, uh, this was another game for Clement Turpin uh, as referee, the man who always looks like a teacher who just lost control of a field <laughs> trip. And at some point, there was actually um, over the tannoy came the plaintiff announcement, please stop throwing things at Matt Sells. <laughs> and you just like, it was, it felt very much like George don't do that. Um, Please stop. Yeah. But also the uh, travelling Strasbourg fans were all wearing bright blue rain ponchos, despite the fact it wasn't raining. Yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. I don't know um, if there was something in there. You that. know, looked, looked nice. Yeah, but very yeah, it was. It was slightly confusing, but the Sunday, Sunday lunch games often are, because mm. it's just, I think people are still not happy with that being being a time a slot. I think yeah. so. It's always yeah. a bit of a a bit of a, a sort of roll of the dice. What you're going to get? Yeah, yeah. On goalkeepers, I'd just say this was the other side of Akija last week. He was absolutely fantastic, and this oh. year, this week, it wasn't great defending, but he probably could have done better than let the ball go under his body. Yeah, the life of a goalkeeper. Yeah, I think he was one of the informed keepers across Europe last week. So, yeah, one of those uh, you win some, you lose some type of situations. Uh, literally. Yeah, literally in this case, exactly. Um, let's, uh, I just want to have a quick chat about uh, kind of group of a few clubs into this. I, I, I thought long and hard about throwing Rams into this as well, but they are playing Lille tonight because of uh, there's a rugby match weekend. Yeah, apparently. So um, that had to be postponed. So I can't really say, because they might go to Lille and win 5-0 tonight, who knows. But um, if I put them on the edge of this this discussion, I wanted to sort of throw in Toulouse, Claremont, and dare I say it, Lorient into this mix. And the reason I put those three clubs together is because they're all kind of uh, struggling a bit this season. Obviously, we know about Lawrence and Leon are having awful seasons, but I think they'll correct themselves. But Claremont are currently bottom. Toulouse 15th, Lorient 14th. Um, Toulouse and Lorient have got six points. Claremont only the one. And I guess first question I'll give to you, Phil, is, is just, is it a case of that when a club, quote-unquote, overperforms the previous season, as Claremont absolutely did, Toulouse Cup winners last year, Lorient were, were top um, in the early stages of the season and certainly in the European places at Christmas before falling away, is it the case that well, is it a case that players become more purchasable, shall we say, in the case of Lauren and Toulouse, who lost a lot of players over the summer? Or is it a case that the pressure just gets to these clubs and that's why they, they face this second season syndrome, if you will? Because all three of those in the same rounds as well, you could throw into that group are just not really performing now. But 
none of them ended up high up the table. I mean, it's a bit like what was in the breast of the minute who were top. Mm. They're top because they're having a good run of form while other teams are shaky mm. and inconsistent, as Jess was saying about Strasbourg. So while Clermont, I think, is very worrying, um, given what's going on there, um, <clears throat> that this is not necessarily unexpected. Because if you're the kind of team that isn't consistently in the top three or four, if you make it in there, everyone goes, ooh, aren't they good? But then they drop off, and this is the drop-off being at the beginning of the season rather than after a decent run of form. So I'm mm. not sure it's particularly surprising. I yes. say the Claremont fans are probably kind of worried at the moment because they don't look like they can get anything to work. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's like seeing Brest at the top of the table. We will not see that for much longer, but yeah. they're having a bloody lovely time while they do it. And that's kind of what some of the teams in Liga are looking for, a decent run of form that puts you up near the top and the rest are at the top that's a bloody lovely time mm. yes it but sounds almost that's not going to be where you end no it almost sounds defeatist but for a club i mean i i was very tempted to put breast into this week's podcast but obviously we did give them a lot of credit last week and they did get uh another win this week over poor old leon and uh, they oh, 27 he shots. Much angst. Yeah. Leon interviews. Yeah, it was, was not good. I mean, you had um, Kakare and then Lacazette, who just basically couldn't make eye contact with no. him. because it there was, was a bit just... of shame in there, wasn't there? I thought that as well. They but when were you were furious with everybody and themselves. So, uh, an 87th minute winner for Steve Mounier. Still going strong. Uh, for yeah. the rest. That was that was the twenty seventh of the twenty. So that was the twenty seventh of the twenty seven shots they had of the evening, I believe. Yeah, which is nuts. It was. <laughs> it was. It was again awkward. Yeah, very very awkward. But yeah, I mean, um, Clermont lost away at Love, who are continuing to. They're really impressive. Very chipper, mm. um, and Toulouse lost. To one away at loss, who seem to have pulled themselves together a bit. So it's like yeah. those particular games weren't big surprises, but yeah, the streaks they're both on, not good. No. There was no. Long Leon, who we may come <laughs> on to. Last week. Chris, <laughs> at least just scored some goals. Yeah, we scored frankly, goals. That's a a, a weird up and down type of uh, result you got because um, Nantes won five three. Yeah, tell me the last time Nantes scored five goals. I mean, <laughs> my notes just say wow. Also, yeah. Nantes five different scorers. Yep. Which, frankly, as you say, Nantes not known for scoring a no lots. So that was even more impressive. And, and four um, of the goals. Managed to do, managed to do that. But again, Lorient did get three. 
Yeah. So and that's like neither side can defend. Well, four, four of the goals Lorient shipped were very avoidable. I'm just going to throw that out there. But yeah, that's exactly it. It's defensive issues that, that we are currently going through. And there is a bit of settling. There's been a lot of change of players in terms of Lorient specifically. But Nantai, I'm a bit surprised about, if I'm honest. I think they are they're outperforming where I think we thought them and Brest would be <laughs> at the start of the season, that's for sure. Just on that point, Jez, about the those those clubs that are struggling, I mean, sh- should we be looking at the table and saying, well, yeah, you know, the likes of Claremont and Toulouse in particular, they probably should be struggling a bit because of the size of the clubs, the size of the budget, etc. Um, if they do get good players, like in Toulouse in particular, losing Van der Boom and, you know, is, is especially... Uh, was especially tough. Is is it a case that they technically should be down there? And then when you look at Brest, who are outperforming themselves, they will be looking at it and thinking, well, that's another three points this weekend, closer to avoiding relegation. <laughs> it sounds silly being top, but is it just a level of expectation that, that we just have to understand that some clubs will have a great season and then return to what they technically are or should be the next year afterwards? Yeah, I think there's an element of that. It's just, you know, whether club gets lucky with a good run of form and confidence you know have a one or two players who score a lot of goals mm. um and then obviously you always discuss what happens in the summer i think that the three teams you mentioned i think are all in different positions i think claremont i think need to worry i think they they massively overperformed last year yeah and really any year they don't go down is probably a bonus and and sadly for them I'm not saying one point but Know, where they are in the table is probably more reflective of where they should be than than where they were last year. Mm. Lorient, I think you look at their their fixtures, they've had a really tough opening to the season, actually. Yeah. So true. I'm not sure so much should be read into it. Although, you know, having played some of the on paper better teams, shipping five to, to non is a bit <laughs> is a little bit, bit worrying. Bit worrisome. But, yeah. No, I th- I think also I still don't entirely understand what Laurie are trying to do. I still don't get sort of selling, you know, probably their two best players last January, selling probably their next two best players during the summer. Yeah. I understand that, you know, the model for most clubs is sell your best players for a profit, but, you know, three or four in six months, especially the ones in January is just very bizarre to me. But, mm. you know, I think they've got, enough about them and as long as they're able to score goals I think you know they might have the odds sort of odd match where they maybe get smashed or whatever but I think you know the fact that they know where the back of the net is should should sort of help them a lot and the fact that there's goals all the way through the team you know they also had three different scorers I guess yeah creepy first Um, first for the club uh, his dad for the club that his dad played for as well which is quite a nice touch with the opening header so yeah and then to lose I think as we've spoken about before, it's just, it's bizarre how they seemed happy to get rid of basically their whole midfield and a couple yeah. of others at the same time and for no money for the most yeah. part, yeah, which is really weird. Free, I think yeah. the fact that they've got rest in goal is a, is a great bonus. I think yeah. Dalinga, did he score? I think he scored maybe in midweek in the Europa yeah. League. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the least impressive of the six European games. Yeah, teams, uh, yeah, but I think I know I'm biased, but I think Saint Gilles are a decent team. 
yeah, true. probably shouldn't be underestimated. And considering the form Toulouse are in. Um, and Saint-Gilois have lost a few over the summer as well. Teddy Tumor in particular has gone from their midfield. So, yeah, there's a few that have left them. So I guess um, they're almost in transition as well. Delingas went off hurt in that game as well, which I think gives him his importance. Yeah, yeah. Um, shame couldn't happen fact. to like the guy. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. But you're right, in terms of ability on the pitch alone, he's like their key forward player, if you like. The, the next one. Yeah, although I, I mean, I would say Delingas right up there, and mm. his form this season has been alarming. So. Yeah, that's the thing. The fact that he scored, I don't know, did he set up the goal at the weekend? But he's sort of getting there. He got the goal. Just looking at that's yeah, what it yeah. says. On yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Oh no, that's the previous week, I think. Oh, I think. Yeah, no, I don't no, know. He he scored from the penalty spot um, in Europe. Yeah, that's where and I got and he was. He was fouled for the penalty that Toulouse went ahead from when they lost to Lens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Toulouse is the one that I think is a little bit of a worry. I, they'll probably be okay because of their whole database recruitment, et cetera, et cetera. But it just, again, it just seems very strange that off the back of such a positive season last season, they they ditched the coach, ditched half the team. Yeah. You just thought this is such a good opportunity to sort of push on. Um, so yeah, I think... That, that's a little bit of a concern. That was something you, else I wanted to say about Toulouse. But yeah, say... they've got um, Spearings back, which is a really bizarre sort of story that's gone a little bit under the radar for the start of the season. He's, he he's he joined Moss yeah. and just did not fit in whatsoever. <laughs> Apparently just could not get on board with their system of play and really? has gone back to Toulouse on loan. So, know you know, that. at least there's a little bit of familiarity for him and for the team there, which which might help a little bit as well. Yeah, I I, know, I didn't see that story at all. That completely bypassed me. Because, yeah, I remember there's quite a big fanfare on Lon's social media about getting him in and being arguably the one to come in to replace Fafano, potentially. And, yeah, that's, that's bizarre. That's not worked out. Um, By the way, if you want to hear what... Uh, relief sounds like listen to the last crowd when they score <laughs> yeah or whatever it was minute yeah was he say getting the winner and, and his celebration definitely showed relief yeah you're right they uh well, he um, scored the first i think but yeah oh sorry yes you're right yeah who has it got the winner then uh, yeah, of course, on was, 84 yeah. minutes 84 minutes with an assist for ellie Wahi as well who slowly but surely is stepping in there so and a good result in europe which we'll touch on in a second um and on Rams ahead of their game at Lille tonight, Jez, any any concerns that uh, the legend that is Will still might be under any pressure if they don't get a decent result? Because, I mean, again, there's a ceiling for a club like, like Rams and having lost Balogun and a lot of the goals that he gave them, there's a transition period. That, yeah, there's always a transition period for them, I think. And and because the same same principle, they're always sort of, looking to uncover young gems and then sell them every summer so yeah, yeah I, I don't i don't think he's under any pressure yet no no and uh, and probably shouldn't be at what, five six games gone so yeah there will still train rolls on uh just to cover despite a... being unable to beat mess away naturally had to throw that in, did you? Uh, other results, uh, we did kind of mention a couple of these but yeah strasbourg getting that win at mets the half getting that two and whenever clermont we mentioned their Lons game there. Montpellier and Rouse and Ren, sorry, drew nil-nil. Nothing to see Nothing here. Nothing to see. Fred, <laughs> Fred, your mind. Uh, we mentioned that Brest win over Leon, which I think was on the Friday evening. And uh, 
the the crazy Nantes five Lorraine three game uh, was part of that as well. And as we just touched there, that game with Lille and Rams is tonight, Tuesday the twenty sixth at the time of recording. I wanted to just have a quick summary of the European games. Uh, Phil, I feel like you're probably well well up to speed on all things that happened in Europe last week. So anything that really caught your eye in terms of those performances? You mentioned a few of them already for the French club. Well, we had in the Champions League, um, as I mentioned, PSG had a fairly routine win against Dortmund, Mbappe from penalty spot, Nagimi, kind of, yeah, whatever, guys, just carry on. What was... More impressive, given Lance's terrible run of form in the league coming yeah. into this, was that they drew 1-1 at Sevilla. Yep. Um, Acampus got the opener for Sevilla. He's a dirty sod. He was lucky to stay on the pitch. Um, Fulgini, who we have a massive man crush on here, uh, at least you do, uh, got the equaliser for Lance, so that was kind of reassuring. So we were good with that. Uh, Lille won 2-0 against uh, Olympia Ljubljana. Um, That's Europa Champion Conference thingy, what's it? Uh, Which for some reason was on Wednesday. Um, But the main games were on the Thursday. We mentioned Toulouse through 1-1 away at Union Saljiwa. But it was the Ajax 3 OM3 that I think made most of us sit up because Ajax went 2-0 up inside 20 minutes, which I think made most of us go, oh. (laughs) Um, Klaus got one back um, and then um, there was a double for Aubameyang really to equalise late on. So 3-3. We spoke last week about how Ajax haven't been doing very well. And of course, we know OM haven't been doing very well. So that felt like a good a good move forward. And then OM went on to play PSG at the weekend, which was <laughs> not so great. But that was interesting. It was a, a great match for the neutral. I imagine most Marseille fans were behind a sofa of some description. Mm. But just to mention, Ren, uh, again in the Europa League, beating Maccabi Haifa 3-0. They were good. With a goal inside the first minute from Ludwig which was fucking hell. I mean, yeah. that was a beautiful strike. And then Trufair and Yildiram, um getting the other two, there were some really good goals in that match. Yeah. And so I think Wren are kind of elbowing into this in a fairly happy way. Um, but, yeah, that that goal from for Blas was, it's a cracker, wasn't it? was they, they... absolutely cracker. They've been far better in Europe than they have in League on this season, um, yep. arguably, Ren, in terms of their style and, and what they did. Uh, that, that was a, a really good performance. Um, we go back into Europe next week. Uh, I think if I get these in order, I believe I'm in the right order here. Lens host Arsenal, uh, which is uh, October the 3rd, which is October next week. Where is this year gone? Um, that's an eight o'clock kickoff. 
um, at the Bollard. That's next Tuesday, 3rd. And then on Wednesday, uh, looks down the list, we've got Newcastle PSG. That might be quite a tasty little uh, morsel on time size. Newcastle's first mm-hmm. Champions League game in about... One for the years. romantics. <laughs> you stole my thunder, Jess, damn you. Uh, yeah, the oily echo, if you want to call it with that. But uh, yeah, that will be a classic. Um, and then on Thursday, a whole clutch of games. One that might uh, catch your eye, Jez, uh, Marseille hosting Brighton. I believe, talking to Josh last night, Brighton fans have been urged not to travel. And if they do, they have been told to stay on the bus at all times until the bus is literally parked inside the velodrome and do not go anywhere else. Is there a bit of a risk of some... I'm not trouble? sure buses have always been the safest place. <laughs> no, I think velodrome. you're quite right, actually, yeah. yeah. I I am actually I'm going to the match. Are you going? Oh, but I will be a long story, but basically cultural exchange with my best mate, who's a Marseille fan, uh, okay. and Arsenal fan actually. So um, you're going undercover I will be then? In the Marseille bit, which yeah. I was not happy about, but mm. the more <laughs> warnings that, that the Brighton fans are sent, the more yeah. I think maybe as long as I behave and. Don't, don't celebrate anything. In the or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, I probably is a good idea. I was saying um, to Josh last night, Marseille are not, uh, not particular fans of any other rival supporters, let alone English supporters. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm hoping it's more sort of, you know, being on the safe side. I think obviously Brighton don't have a kind of European history and you know and therefore no fan trouble on the continent so i don't know how much of it is more just because they are an english club and how much of the trouble actually will be sort of more preemptive trouble from the police rather than anything from the fans themselves yeah um you get the impression that it's possible that i'll say they'll they'll sort of be more more concerned by civil war than I just, yeah, I mean, you might end up having a conversation about exactly where everything's gone wrong on the defensive setup, or how, or how to run a club, maybe. But maybe Marseille yeah. could take some ideas it's from Tony Bloom. After, <laughs> you know, as you said, these clubs that aren't doing very well have mm. had good results. Brighton are the opposite; they're doing very well in in the Premier League. And yeah. Thursday was, well, I went to that, and I don't really want to talk about that. Bit of a eight game, hour actually. round trip missing the build-up and the kickoff getting drenched on the way home etc oh, et so uh i'm not particularly um well if i'm sitting with the marseille fans i suppose i will be doing a lot of cheering but yeah i'm not confident for brighton i think we we had a chat that we the other day about you if possible trying to nab a few audio clips from that um while you're over there so yeah if you can get a sample of the atmosphere we'll um We'll, we'll pop that onto the podcast next week. So, uh, yeah, good good luck. And obviously, uh, stay safe. Keep your head down, etc. cetera. Uh, elsewhere, we've got Toulouse against Lask, which is on uh, the... That's on Thursday, 8 o'clock. So, that's, yeah, so the Brighton game is the early game. Toulouse is the late game. VRIL Ren, that's got a bit of uh, spice about it. That should be a decent watch. That's also 8pm. And then in the Conference League... Uh, scans down the fixtures. Why can I not find the... I can't see the game. Because they're not listed anywhere. That'll be why. Is this the week they don't have a game? Yeah, the, the um, There isn't a game for them in, in this particular round? Am I right in saying? Oh, no, Lille. Be. There they are. I found them. Group A against Key. 
so it's the uh, it's because I couldn't because I couldn't see it with the early kickoff. That's why Leal play at five forty five. Um, away is that the fair one? It is, I believe. Yes, the venue yes, is so. Is Vur, I believe one one thing I just noted uh, last week when I was watching uh, Canal Football Club after all the European games was. Everyone was going, oh, it's so nice that there's a Faroese mm. team in, in this. And one of the pundits absolutely went off on one about whaling. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I speak, and I will it, get in big trouble. It was, it was really quite strange and everyone was looking at him. Yeah. But yes, apparently the club celebrates whaling. Mm-hmm. And as um, a as an ocean lover, I shall say nothing more other than yeah. I will just say it, nothing it, more. It was just a very, very kind of strange situation. Yeah, but nice then, for a small club to get to this stage, but less said about maybe you know, everything else yeah. the better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but that's Europe. Uh, just before we get out of here, um, a couple of other bits and bobs of information. There was a game for the French women, I believe, Phil, last week. Yes, the women also have a League of Nations, which will be uh, reassuring for any historians of Nations the early lovers. 20th century. <laughs> um, last week, they beat Portugal 2-0, Grosquiro and Salma Basha with the goals they play Austria tonight Tuesday um in their group so um Les Bleus off to a good start um and we hope that continues Austria obviously a little bit of a a banana skin uh from the uh, 2017 uh Euros but um France now they're better organised are probably going to be uh, more than capable of taking that one. Good stuff. And um, just before we go, I just wanted to ask very quickly both your opinions on the new French kit that's been leaked. I popped it into our group. I'm sure you've seen it by now. Uh, a change of colour for the crest. Are you? Are either of you a fan? I quite like it. I don't know if... Anna, well, we've you gone say back it's to the been leaked... Blue. Um, you sent it into our WhatsApp group, so... Well, when I say it's been leaked, it, it's it's pretty much confirmed that that is the kit, basically. So although we haven't seen it in the flesh, I, that I, is the I'm, kit. I'm looking at it. looks nice. Mm, I like it. I yeah. don't know what the whole crest thing is, but it's yellow, so... Yeah, they basically... Whatever. And the socks look it. lovely, so... I love the socks. I'm a big fan of that, yeah. Um, you're you're like me, Jazz. You like a bit of like a bit of kit action. Are you a fan? Do you do you like what we've got? I think so. I can't, I'm torn between the. I like the dark blue that Nike have mostly been coming up with, mm. but at the same time, feel it's not traditional France color. Yeah, so, I see what you. I see where you're going. Um, with that. I've always been a little bit torn. Yeah, I quite like this. If it is the kit, I mean, I know footy headlines usually quite good, but. Yeah. It does feel very early to leak a kit for next year, so I'm not 100% convinced yet. I the think... only thing I care about is uh, uh, blue top, white shorts, red socks. All yeah. The time. I, Do don't like, I don't like it when they turn out in all blue. Weirdly. Though, you know, a couple of 
of their biggest, most, you know, their greatest results have been in all blue. I, I'm not yeah. a fan. I, I must admit, I do quite like the, the change blue shorts, but I do agree with you. With the, the white top, yeah, but not... But not with the, not yeah, with if it was blue. white, blue, red, yeah, I do agree. I do agree. Those socks are a thing of beauty. I'm a big fan of the hoops. Uh, but yeah, I, I believe... Squeak um, on Trini and Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, you've got to take these things in. We've got the Euros ahead and... Uh, you know, I've got to I've got to critique these kits, but yeah, it is it, it's a pretty nice one, I must admit. I think, and it definitely brings back memories of sort of Will Tour Euros era to me. That that new blue, it's very much back to that kind of era of France kits. So um, yeah, maybe we'll tweet a picture of it uh, at some point if you haven't seen it, dear listener. So there you go. Anyway, that's for the summer. Um, that is it for this week. So at the end of Another week of Liga done and dusted. We have, so we've got that game with Lille tonight, which will bring you the result on uh, next week's show. Um, and just to give you a very brief overview of where the table stands, this is pre-Lille uh, against Rouse tonight. Rest are indeed top, as we mentioned, 13 points. Uh, one clear of Nice, who are one clear of PSG in third. Uh, joint third, really, with Monaco. And then you've got Strasbourg, Lave, Marseille, Rennes, Nantes and Lille in the top 10. Down at the bottom, Claremont are bottom. Lille and Lons are still struggling their way uh, in the mire as well in the relegation zones with Toulouse, Lorient, Montpellier, Rouse, Metz uh, up to 11th place. Fixtures for next week, uh, heading into the next week of fixtures on Friday. That's when we get the first lot. Strasbourg against Lens. Claremont play, play PSG on the Saturday early game with Monaco, that, Marseille. That could be nasty. That could be nasty, yeah. Could be a good watch as well, depending on what happens to the... Marseille game in the in midweek. Uh, Rams against Lyon. That also could be worth a watch on Sunday at midday. Toulouse against Metz. Nice against Brest. No jokes, please. Love against Lille. And Lorient against Montpellier. That's the Chris Phil Derby, of course. And uh, Rennes against Nantes. It might be a decent watch as well. That's the Sunday night game. A Sunday evening game without Marseille or PSG. Who'd have thought? So uh, that will be all. I don't believe that will be on BT if you want to catch up with that game. So that is it for another week. Uh, my thanks to both Phil and Jez for your time. Thank you both, as always. Thank you. Good luck to you, Jez, on uh, Thursday. And like I say, do stay safe. And uh, whatever game you are taking in this week, whether it be at home or indeed abroad, enjoy your French football. And we'll speak to you next week.